while we remain standing. Let me get to there. Uh, let's see what we're doing here. Go ahead and be seated. Go ahead and be seated. I'm teaching on character, not your A character, but what is character. Uh, I want you to understand the importance of it. I was just talking uh, here recently to people on how we no longer teach etiquette. We no longer teach propriety. We no longer teach uh, this is just what's right. Uh, it's like with children, you know, they run around and slam into things and scream and yell and you say, hey, hey, don't do that. And here's what the parents say. They're not hurting anything, but it's not proper. Yeah. So we've lost that term. We don't even understand why it's needed. And the same thing with character. Well, that's just not me. I know, but it's needed. It's something you ought to learn and you need to see the importance of it. So I'm trying to help us to understand how do you get character and then what is Christian character. So I'm trying to help us all understand the importance of that. And the Bible speaks a lot, maybe not necessarily about that word, but we'll see tonight how it talks so much about these types of things that I'm going to talk to you about Christian character. So what is Christian character? How do you get it? Listen carefully. It is the conscious, that means you have to think about it, doing of right long enough until it becomes natural, reflex. I don't have to think about it. Just That's when you say to people, that's just them. No, 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 no. They've done it over and over again. It just comes natural. It's just that's the way that it is. And I've used the illustration. Uh, everybody, come on in. Come on in. So how does one gain character, Christian character? As I said, it's the, it's the conscious on purpose doing of right until right is automatic. You, you do it, you just don't realize it. Uh, but we're talking about character. We're not talking about a basketball or a football or, or I'm good at writing. No, we're talking about it's not being good at writing. It's the discipline to sit down and write. It's the discipline to learn proper English and grammar. It's not I can talk good. First of all, that'd be wrong. Now, so what will happen here? Subconsciously, it becomes reflex without having to think about it. Okay, I don't. If I had a basketball, I could just go like this and keep talking to you. I'm not thinking about this. Why? I, I've done this a lot throughout my life, and so that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about things that come easy to you. We're talking about things that are number one necessary, and that you've worked at it enough. Now it is you. That's what character would be, or that's how you gain character. True character, when it is instilled in the lives of our young people, here's what we're worried about. We're worried about their talent. He's good at football. So what, you think he's going to make it to the NFL and make you rich and buy you a... Yeah, that's what you're thinking, right? Do you know how few people ever make it that distance? And so they ain't knowing how to speak, but and we be the kind of people that, and you say, it's okay, but he's really good at football. What happens if he doesn't make it? Wouldn't it be nice if he learned some disciplines, not that he's disciplined, though he may need that, about character. I do this not because it feels right or it just it needs to be done. I need to learn this. Uh, Brother Howes used to say all the time, when I first heard it, I thought, what? What difference does that make? He said, if you have a son that's real good in sports, make him play piano. 
How many kids grow up saying, I played piano for a couple of years and then I quit? Because they convinced their parents, I don't want to do this. So the parents quit investing on something they needed to learn or should have learned, but they will not do that. So what are we talking about here? We, we concentrate more on talent, uh, we call it natural abilities, more than learning, learning good character because it is the repetition. Nobody likes that. When it comes natural, that's no, just me. So let's take character and make it enough times to where it is you. And it would be something that's right also. So what happens here is this. Once you learn, this is not just character. This is good Christian character and it's just good character. People used to teach this stuff all the time. We just don't teach it anymore. Be on time. Work hard. Be diligent. Be honest. Have integrity. I cannot think if you add these things to your life, too many things that would be withheld from you. And we're going to talk about the workforce, which is falling apart in our world. Talent itself will not gain or earn you everything. Talent itself will not gain or earn you everything that you're going to need in life. It just doesn't happen. The highest reward, this, this is wonderful, this is careful. The highest reward of a man's work is not what he receives from it, but what he becomes because of it. You ever heard somebody go like this? That's a hard-working man right there. It's not just what you, well, if I'm not going to make a lot of money, why do it? Because it's not always what you receive from work. It's what work makes you. The Bible says there is benefit or proper profit, profit in all labor, all labor. Whether you dig a ditch or you type on, whatever it is, give yourself to it. Make yourself the best you can at it, and there's profit in that. Everybody likes the word profit. We like the prophet, not not prophet like a guy who foretells the truth. We're talking about benefits and money and, and land and that kind of stuff. Too often we think the great reward is what I receive, but it's not. It's what you become. Someone has said the measure of a man's character is what it will take to stop him. What, what does it take to stop you training your children? What does it take to stop you paying your bills? What does it take to stop you? Just think about it. That's where your character stops right there. Character doesn't stop just because things get in the way. It's just what I am. It's like going to church. I don't go to church and I'm really sad. Christian character would say, that's what God wants me to do. It's what I've done all my life. I'm going to go to church. You'll not be the first person broken hearted that sat in church and cried. But see, it has more to do with pride sometimes or giving up. I don't want people to see me crying. What, nobody's ever seen you cry before? I challenged our staff the other day. I said, okay, you ready? And I, I presented this big scenario of something drastic going wrong in your life. And then I looked at somebody and said, by the way, you're preaching Thursday. Preacher, I'm not ready. I don't care. You're supposed to be preaching Thursday. But here's what we do. I, I'm, I, I can't. Yes, you can't. You just haven't done it enough. You haven't even tried it. You back away. And that's where your character stops right there. Somebody else said the true uh, character is what you would do if nobody would find out. What would you do? That's the real you. That's your, that's your true character. Bill Rice used to say, Dr. Bill Rice used to say all the time, they had a large, this is one of the people that influenced my wife to start signing. The Bill Rice Ranch was actually a ranch 
basically for the deaf and had a huge school down there, him and his wife and other workers. He said this, character is the doing of right without regard to inward desire, outward pressure, or eventual outcome. Well, I'll do it because I can see the benefit. So you wouldn't do right unless you saw some benefit in it? You wouldn't do right just because it's right? You don't feel right on the inside, so you just can't bring yourself to do it? Most things in this world that are right don't feel right and don't look right anymore. So I guess we don't have to do it. No, that's what real character is. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. said this, I have never seen a man made by a crisis. Crisis doesn't make a man stand up or cower. A crisis simply reveals what the man truly is. So when tough times come your way or hardship or something, we call it blindsided you, what did you do right there? That's what you really, now preacher caught me off guard. If it wasn't for that crisis, that wouldn't have happened. No, it simply brought out what's really in you. That's all that it did. So any person, saved or unsaved, knows you must have and practice good care. You know that. But our world doesn't teach us anymore. If you're going to keep from being fired, you may want to learn good character. I'm going to give you an outline here about seven things real quick. I'm going to give you seven biblical principles. So for those of you that are memorizing, start thinking, okay? Number one, ready? This, this is, this is, this is going to hurt. Ready? Number one. Turn to Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6. That means open your Bible. It says part of character. Part of character says I bring my Bible to church because that's what it's right to do. Preacher doesn't like us using our phone because he doesn't know whether we're playing a game or we're texting somebody or we're reading our Bible. So we bring a Bible, right? So Proverbs chapter 6, verse number 9. So number one is, ready? If you want to keep your job and be a good employee, get up. Now, let's just stop right there, okay? Oh, do we have to? The Bible said in Proverbs 6, verse number 9, How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou rise out of thy sleep? God is saying you need to learn to get up. Just learn to get up. If you do not learn to get up when it's time, you do not just have a problem that eventually it'll correct itself. And you're not one of those people that's just not a morning person. You have a more severe problem. Your problem is you don't have character. And that's a big problem right there. So you have to understand, sleeping late is not a st stage in life. Well, everybody at this stage sleeps in. Not true. You lack character. Now, just face it. I need to start doing some things. Ready? What is, what, how do you learn character? The conscious, on purpose, doing something until it becomes me. I will keep at it and keep at it and keep at it until I no longer have to think about it. That's just me now. It's part of my character, okay? Turn to, turn to um, Jonah. If you know where that's at, okay? You probably want to know where Daniel's at, right? Now watch, I won't be able to find it. It's in the Bible. Did that help you any? It didn't help you at all. Jose, Hosea, before or after? No, no, there it is. There's, there's Jonah. 
He's hiding again. How about that? Jonah is running from the Lord. We know the story. And the job that God gave him. See the word association here? So God gave him a job to do, and Jonah decided he didn't want to do it. Now, character would have said, if that's what God wants me to do, I'm going to do it anyway. Okay? So what happens here is he gets passage on a ship. You know the story, going to Tarshish. And a lost businessman, the owner of the ship, a lost businessman. Other people paid him fair to get on his business, get on his on his boat. So he's a businessman. He looks at Jonah during times of trouble, and look at verse number six. Verse number six. Watch what he says here. He says, "What meanest thou?" What's he calling? Oh, sleeper. What? Nobody else is sleeping. What are you doing? Everybody's working. Everybody's rowing. Everybody's strapping things down. What are you doing? So what he's doing, we got this lost businessman talking to a preacher, a preacher, a child of God, and saying, why are you sleeping? That should never happen to a Christian. Nobody should ever say that about us. So we find out here an unsaved person should not outwork a child of God, or at least not out-effort there's always people that can outwork somebody else. But nobody should look at you and go like, yeah, man, what a lazy guy. You don't go on the job and sneak off and read your Bible. You don't take two hours to witness to somebody when somebody's paying your salary to work for them. It's work time. You gave your word. You hire me, I'll work for you. Character says, whether I like my boss or not, I told him I would work. My character says, I will work. So I'm going to work. So what do we do? He said, oh, sleeper, why in the world would a lost businessman be telling a preacher, you need to get up? Jonah didn't have enough character. When everybody else was working, he wasn't. When everybody else was involved, he wasn't. That's a lesson some Christians ought to learn. So, number one, we're through number one already. We said seven. Well, we're going to be here until 12. Well, we still may be. It's just the first one's kind of short. Number two, go to Ecclesiastes. You know where that's at? Right after Proverbs. I think. Yeah, there we go. Number two, first one was get up. Second one, show up. Very basic outline. Like most things learned in character, pretty simple. We just don't do it enough to make it a part of us. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse number 17. Look at the second part of that. For there is a time there for every purpose, for every what? Work. Every work. Show up and you'll stay employed. It's really not that difficult. Let me see, I need to get up. Huh. I probably ought to show up. Yeah, that would help. A lot. Everyone knows you can't show up unless you get up. I'm meant to be there. Yeah, but you weren't. Why weren't you there? I didn't get out of bed. There's your problem. So what happens here is when you when and when you show up, you ought to be on time. Now I'm I'm not look, I'm not picking on anybody. This is becoming a plague. And I'll tell you this whole thing that these stupid people in the world 
I think we all could have our office at home and we can be productive that way. Well, they've changed their mind again. They're pulling everybody back into those buildings downtown for a lot of different reasons. Number one, they're paying rent on them. Number two, they're not getting the production they thought they were. And now they're crying like a mouse eating onions. I got to go back downtown and show up. Uh, so let me get this right. You got to dress. Can't stay in your pajamas and go downtown, right? Then you got somebody kind of watching you when at home they don't, right? Well, as long as I get my work done. Who in the world does that? We all have to interact together. Put your hand down. We all have to interact together. That's not the way society works. Something that society tries, and they're always going to try something new because they don't have an answer. And that's just the way that it works. So here he says, for there is a time. There's a time. Everybody knows you can't, and you can't show up unless you get up. And you ought to be on time. Look, 15 minutes late is late. You ready for this? Five minutes late is late. One minute late is late. On time, if that's your plan, you're planning on being late. Let's assume you live 35 minutes from here. Now, I just picked out a number. So, oh, he's talking to me. No, you live 35 minutes from here. Do you live 35 minutes from here? You live 30 minutes from here, and here's the plan. Here's the plan. By the way, I think this is even worse. We have people that move a long way away to move down the street, and they're still just as late as they were when they lived 30 miles away. I don't understand that. So let's assume you live... 30 minutes away. Here is your plan. I will head to church 35 minutes. You're planning on being late. Look, we got people living in Raccoon Creek. You know what some people would do? I know some people that have done this. At 726, they know it'll take them four minutes if they cut across this guy's lawn to get here. Trust me, I know. I've watched them. I've seen them. So you're not the first one that's done stuff like this, okay? So what happens is this. Many people react. If they live 30 minutes away from work, they leave home to get to work 35 minutes before them. So they have five minutes. He said, well, why get there early? Well, if you're planning on being on time, you're planning on being late. Did it ever occur to you something may happen on the way? You're not in heaven, you know, everything's not perfect. Something could happen. One of these days, you may not hit all the lights green. Every morning I go through this and I have to calm myself down. If I don't leave the house at a certain time, I get behind three school buses. Two of them, I'm sure, are run by Muslims. They have no idea how to drive. No idea at all. They want to go around the corner, hit their brakes, and they leave their flashers. They're going down the street, and they're going to pick up some kids at the street that are like a mile behind me yet. And they already had their yellow lights on, so nobody knows what to do. Everybody's hitting brakes. They have turn signals on. What do I do? And the bus, while we're stopped, is going right on by us. Then they go around that stupid thing they got from Europe, that turnaround thing. I'm, it, it's a mess. So I have to on purpose get up earlier because you never know what these people are going to do. And most of them are women. Can I have an amen? They don't know how to drive. I'm not asking them to speed. I'm asking you to know what the laws are and drive. 
You're welcome. So if you don't hit every green light, you're going to be late coming to church. You're going to be late going to work, right? Honey, I don't need to get up early. I still have another five minutes. Why do we do that? Because we lack character. We lack character. Some of you live on the other side of the tracks. I don't mean in a bad part of town, but there's tracks between you and work. And sure enough, a train is never there. Well, you can never say that anymore, can you? What about a car accident? The whole time you're waiting on the cops to show up and then get that stuff out of the way, you keep looking at your, oh, I'm late already. That's because you gave yourself five extra minutes in a world where everything goes wrong most of the time. You ever had a flat on your car? You going to get out and run the rest of the way? You'll really be late then. I have a question for you. What would you do if you had no boss to report to? What would you do if you had no place you had to actually show them I've arrived and I'm leaving? What would happen? I'll tell you what happens. What you do at home now that your office is there. What would you do if you didn't have to check in? Would you come in and go as you please? Make up your own hours? What well, doesn't make a difference? This is how we're losing the consistency that helps build character. Would you sleep in until you're ready to work? I'm trying my best not to use myself as an example. I have no boss. Nobody checks on me to make sure all these guys here, and it's not a slam on them. They don't have to be here that early. I am here every morning, give or take 10 minutes to 7 o'clock. Most of the time. Most of the time. On Sunday mornings, a little early. That's about the same time. Why? It's a habit I got into. You say, Preacher, how did you do that? How, how, how are you so good at, at, at setting things up and, and, and disciplining yourself to show up 30, 45 minutes early? How did you go about doing all this? Look, if you're habitually late, can't hardly get out of bed, a lover of sleep is a severe lack of character. It's just not naturally you. Everybody has a problem getting up in the morning. You say, Preacher, how do you do this? You ready? Here it is. Here's my secret. Now, you know I'm being facetious when I say it, right? What's my big secret? Ready? I plan. I just plan. I don't look at the clock and go, okay, I could, I could probably, if everything's right and those stupid buses don't get in front of me. I live four miles from here. Four. I could head out probably 10 minutes and still make it here just on time and not be late. I'm not late. I still have 30 seconds. Why? I plan. I plan not to be late. And then I decide. I decide. Listen to me. I decide. I decide. I don't know why I started, but I decided years ago I'm not going to be on time. I'm going to be. I made a decision. I planned, and I'm telling you how to do this. I planned, and then I made a decision. And I didn't make the decision that I can still get there if I, no, bad, bad plan, bad plan. So I plan to, so number one, get up. 
You want to keep your job? Get up. If you're going to get up, you need to show up. Number three, hurry up. Hurry up. What do I mean by that? Go to Colossians, New Testament, Colossians. Matthew, Mark, Colossians, it's up there. Got it? I learned all this by discipline. Colossians chapter 3. <coughs> Hurry up. Watch what the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Watch, it doesn't just say spiritual or church things. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily. You know what that means? It's like the basic word here, heart. Having the heart engaged. Zealous. It means giving it your all. So whatsoever, that would be your work church, whatever, do it heartily, and here's, here's, here, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> here's who you act like you're working for, because you are, the Lord, Amen. now the Lord, some of you are going to be late for the rapture, you know that, <laughs> what do you mean the rapture took place, oh, uh, what time did that happen, I didn't know I was supposed to be there, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. There are not many unsaved people, especially in today's workforce, that should out-effort a born-again Christian. It's not just you. It's character. There's a word that I teach our young people, and it's the word diligence. A very, very... Uh, meaningful, something you can catch a hold of, definition for diligence is do it right and hurry. Learn to do it right first and then hurry. Add time. Hurry. Hurry. Come on. Let's get this done. Uh, again, my brother is just the way he was, and I know a lot of people like this. If you, Here's what most people do. Most people go like this. Uh, we don't want to know what time the job has to be done to, so that we, we make sure we get it done. Most people say, so how long do I have? Three hours. Guess how long we're going to take? Three hours. How long do I have before I have to get this done? You're not wanting to know so I don't go past the deadline. You're wanting to know so you know how much time you can spend. That's lazy. That's slothful. You should not do those kinds of things. Diligence, do it as fast as you can do it right. It should be said that a Christian, we have here the hardest worker I go to the um, credit union down here, and Chad there, which either either our folks are really good or the world has gotten so bad, you look really good. But he said, Preacher, if you have any more people down there looking for a job, I'll hire them. Now, our workforce the way it is right now, you don't have to be exceptional to outdo most people anymore. And that's a shame. That shouldn't happen. Learn to do a job right, then quickly get it done. Quickly get it done. Learn to do it right. Now quit dragging you. It bothers me when I see people drag their feet when they walk. They're lumbering. Turn me on. That be you good? Press the right button this time? Okay, there you go. When, when people, you know, you have little guys walking like they're six foot eight and 500 pounds. Little guys. No, you're just, you're just slothful. You're lazy. You have no character. Stand up straight. Step it out. 
watch Brother Pledger. Brother Pledger outwalks everybody. So I don't even try to keep up with him. There was a day, but what I feel bad about is not me because he walks with me. I don't walk with him. But I feel bad for his boy. Get up here. What are you doing back here, boy? Get up here with your dad. What are you doing sitting back? Come on, get up here. Quit being so lazy. And you think, so? no, that's just him. No, all kids are that way. How do you get to be a person that steps out? How do you get to be a person that's anxious to get the job done? How do you get a person that says, I'm going to do it right, and now I know what I'm doing, now I can pick up speed? How do you do it? It's character. Nobody's born with those kinds of things. It's something that has to be learned. It doesn't make any difference what you're doing. What they call work out in the world anymore is an embarrassment to the American workforce. It's an embarrassment. And if you're not careful, they'll teach you to start acting that way. Man, slow down. You're making us look bad. No, you're making yourself look bad. This is the way I work. He said, work as unto the Lord. Whatsoever, cutting grass. Doesn't it bother you to watch some people cut grass? Like it's like it's the end of the world and who cares? The lines are going like this because you're not paying any attention. You guys writing this down? Okay. No, you're not. You're staring at me giggling. That's what they do. Like, oh, man. They're like 15 years old. I didn't even yawn until I was 35. Good grief. So they're just like. Then I got Brother Pledger who takes our zero turn and goes 100 miles an hour over everything. I said, man, you ought to slow down. It's okay, Pastor. And then we're replacing belts and everything else constantly all the time. Cleaning your room. You know something? You still need to do things fast and right, even things you don't necessarily like doing. Why don't you want to hurry and get that part done? You probably thought I was joking about that, but I'm not. Okay, now, watch this very carefully. Flipping burgers. If you're not careful, you get among a crowd that doesn't want to work, and you start acting like them. Do you know why you act like them? Because you don't have character. So you mimic people that are around you. That's why you need to learn how to work with right people. These kinds of things, sweeping the floor, mopping the floor. It's, it's a big irritation to me. Don't be lazy. Work hard. Get it done. Do it right. Work as unto the Lord. Whatsoever thy hands find, whatsoever thy hands find it, do it with all thy might. Ladies, you're cleaning the house. Get the thing done and do it right. Diligent. Diligent. You say, I'm tired. Everybody's tired. That comes as a shock to you? Yeah, but I'm really tired. I'm really tired. Your child comes home. You're a big boy. What are you doing home already? They fired me. They fired you? What for? I don't know. First of all, that's a lie. They said I wasn't working. Huh. Well, let me see here. You've been there one month. You've been late six times. You called in sick twice. You got written up four times for not doing what they asked you to do. And when you did work, you act like you were your own boss, making up your own rules for what you thought was important. You know what I would have done to you? I'd have fired you the first week. But you went home and told mommy, I don't know why they fired me. 
yeah, you should have got fired. Anyway, biblical principles concerning character employment. Get up, show up, hurry up. Ready for the next one? Shut up. <laughs> cool, I like that. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 23. Proverbs, I'm teaching so much stuff you've never heard before. It's really not that complicated. My brother used to tell me all the time because of the way he worked, and I wasn't necessarily trained to do that. He used to tell me, he said, listen to me. You have two eyes, two ears, and one mouth. You know what that means? Watch and listen and learn to shut up. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 23. In all labor there is profit. You ready for this? But the talk of the lips tendeth only to penury. You know what that is? Poverty. Don't have anything. You stand around and talk all day long. This is my wife thinks we do over here in the hallway. Honey, do you guys ever work over there? No, honey, we stand around the hallway and talk. This verse simply means less talk, more work will bring you more profit. Is that hard to get a hold of? That's what it means right there. Any boss should not have to say, quit talking and get busy. No boss should ever have to say that. You're a Christian. You have character. This is what you're supposed to be doing. Shut up would also include quit murmuring and complaining about your job, the pay, and the leadership. Do you not find it amazing? You beg for the job, said, look, I really need this job. Any shift would be fine. I'll, I'll work. I mean, I'll really work. You're not there two months, and you're already telling everybody how stupid the boss is. Well, he must be stupid. He hired you. It doesn't take us long. Man, if I knew this, I, I wouldn't have applied for the job. Maybe you should have applied for the job. So shut up, it means also that. But it also would mean when you're receiving a reprimand. This is what people do not know how to take anymore. It's like I do everything right. How dare you tell me I didn't do something right? Nobody does it all right. You have a boss, a leader, a mom, a dad, a preacher. Somebody goes like this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That wasn't done the way I wanted it done. Well, yes, it was. And I did this. Shut up. That, that's, the, that's the point. Okay, I'm not telling you to shut up. Well, I am, but you know what I mean. Okay? Shut up would mean... When you receive a reprimand or instructions of correction, you listen and don't defend. Here's what you're worried about. But they'll think I'm guilty, really. <clears throat> so you think if you work hard, you show up on time, you mind your business, you learn how to do things right and then do them fast, that this guy's looking forward to getting rid of you. What kind of idiot would do that? No, you're already on the fence maybe, or somebody really likes you and they go like this, no, no that's not what we do here. <laughs> I don't know what he wants from me. First of all, shut up. Just shut your mouth, okay? For you Italians out there. Just what is wrong with letting somebody tell you you didn't do something right? Do you really have that much pride that you do everything right and nobody can tell you that you did something wrong? Well, you got a lot to learn. Just shut up. Understand, if you're a good worker, you work hard, you're on time, you don't miss, you don't call in, do you honestly believe anybody, especially in today's workforce, is looking forward to getting rid of you? That's crazy. In Numbers chapter 14, God forbid the children of Israel from murmuring and complaining. He told them it was a sin and he destroyed them over and over again, punished them over and over again for just murmuring and complaining. He said, yeah, but that was the children of Israel. 
Good, wonderful. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. This is New Testament, so for those of you that think you're real dispensationalist, 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. In reference to what I just told you about there in Numbers chapter 14, now we're in the New Testament, and the Apostle Paul says this, Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. You have to, from murmuring, complaining, just, just speaking your mind, most of us are not speaking, we're murmuring and we're complaining. But I thought when you got the job, you said, look, I'll work. You have to understand, it is your nature to complain. Character says, I'm not going to. I need the job. Why would somebody give you a bonus or move you up the ladder, so to speak, and put up with you all the time? That just doesn't make sense. She said, what are you saying, preacher? Shut up. I know that's real deep. Learn to just take it. Maybe he misunderstood. Maybe, yeah, but he'll think I'm guilty. So you think by watching you and you're a good worker, you show up on time, you do everything he's asked of you, that somehow he's not going to find out? Are, are we still the child that has to say, Mommy still loves you. It's going to be okay. Uh, mommy misunderstood, but now it's okay. Go on, honey. Are we still there? We have no more character than that, that a grown man cannot take I don't want it done that way. Mother, I was doing it right. Go home to mommy. You shouldn't be out in the workforce right now. Which brings me to my next point. Grow up. Where do I get that from? 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Y'all thought this was funny because you thought I was talking about her being late. Now I'm talking about growing up and you're getting upset. Now I'm talking about somebody reprimanding you and you're not amening and giggling. It's always cool when it's the other person, isn't it? Yeah, all right. Well, I get everybody before it's over. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 13. <clears throat> Look at verse number 11. It's time to grow up. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. If you're old enough to, sink to seek employment, you need to quit being a child. They used to hire men. Now they're hiring anything they can get. Part of growing up is ending the practical jokes, the pranks at work, playing tag, throwing things, tripping, bumping, shoving. It's called work. You went there to work. You're supposed to be working. You're, you're, you are there to earn money, to earn. Key word's not money, it's earn. You're there to work, to earn, not to play. You're not there to make friends. I didn't say not be friendly. You don't go to work. This is what happens with Christians. When their preacher or somebody at church says this or that, they go and talk to their best friend, normally an unsaved person, but somebody that's your best friend. What in the world is your best friend doing acting that way? They're not saved. They don't go to church. And you're listening to them. You are to obey and do what you've been told. If you do that, who's going to fire you? Nobody's going to fire you. It's just time to grow up. 
You are not there to get by. When I used to work in a warehouse, worked in several, but one of them, they used to call it ghosting. I don't know if they still use that term. But you turn around and go, where's Bell? Like a ghost, he disappeared. You know what they do? They go back in the warehouse in a place they've already designed where hardly nobody goes. Or, when I worked in the brake shoe factory, they disappear into the bathroom for hours on end. They would just go in there and sit down and read. But in the factory, this station here depended on this station here, which depended upon this station here, which depended upon this station, and everybody had to do their part. Kind of like a church working together. And when you come up missing, it really, really causes a problem. Well, I'm kind of sick. No, no, you either are or you're not. What do you mean you're kind of sick? So what happens here? You're not there to make money. You're there to work. You don't make money. You earn money. You're not there to put in your time, play, talk, make friends, or cutthroat authority. Just grow up and work and do the best you can like you're working for God. If you do that, I probably, you'll never lose your job. We're talking about character. The reason so many have four or five jobs a year is no character. No self-discipline to do right. America was not built on lazy, I deserve, I want everything for nothing, hands in my pocket, welfare mentality. America that we take advantage of was not built that way. And it's not biblical. Number six. Go to, Ecclesi- uh, go to Exodus chapter 17. Exodus. Matthew, Mark. No, that doesn't sound right. Exodus chapter 17. That's Old Testament for those of you just learning. I shouldn't do stuff like that. Actually, maybe I just had to mention I forgot. Who knows? What was it? Linda sent me something the other day. <laughs> if you see me talking to myself, uh, something like, don't worry about it. I'm just having a staff meeting and what? I'm having a staff meeting, and I don't remember what I said or something. Uh, it was funny at the time. Anyway, Exodus chapter number 17. Look at verse number 12. You know this story? But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone, put it under him. Now, this was their leader, okay, and these other people did this. And he sat thereupon, and Aaron and Hur, not H-E-R, H-U-R, the name of the man, stayed up his hands. In other words, they, they held him up, one on the one side, and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Wow, it was a long day. And Joshua, this was somebody else that was working for him, discomforted Amalek. So he's out there fighting the battle. Moses is up there sitting down. He's sitting down. Here's what bothers him. How come you're not working? I don't know. How come Moses wasn't? Joshua's down there giving his life. Two other people were doing a very meaningless job I want you to understand watch what happened Joshua discomforted Amalek I'm in verse 13 and his people with the edge of the sword and the Lord said unto Moses and he starts telling him to write this in a book for remembrance of things that people need to understand so we had Aaron and Hur stood by Moses and lifted up his hands Joshua fought the battle for Moses while Moses led the people 
Joshua was not the leader at this time. They supported and lifted up their leader and fought the battle as they were told. And guess what happened? They won the battle. In the military, they used to say, lead, follow, or get out of the way. And since I wasn't a leader, though I wanted to be, they said, you follow. Our society teaches, though they tell you every man knows what he should be, then they turn right around and say, we all need to work together. They have no idea what they're talking about half the time. Every man for himself. But God's word teaches the follower to push up the leader. Now follow this biblical principle. You should treat your boss the same way you would like to be treated if you were the boss. If you were the pastor, would you want everybody here? If you were the pastor when it comes time to sing, wouldn't you want everybody to sing? <clears throat> there you worked on a good message and said, man, this will help, and you never showed up. This way people do at work. Where's David Chris? Uh, didn't he call in? Yeah, but he does that all the time. Where is he? Do you know the reason? I know this bothers some people. Well, a preacher evidently doesn't matter. He never asks where we're at. I'd have to do that every other week you're not here. Grow up is what we need to do. And then you need to start pushing up. It is, it is most sad that most Christians now behave like many unsaved people out in the workforce. The biblical example of these kinds of things is Absalom. There's a lot of others. Absalom was this kind of a person. His dad happened to be the king. God made him king. It's not like he got voted in. Made him the king. He already was having a tough time. David was already having a tough time. His kingdom and his personal life was in turmoil. Worse than it had ever been in his entire life. Talking about David. He was hanging on he was hanging on trying to make everything work that he knew how to. And guess what his boy was doing? Solomon was letting his leader struggle. I'm talking about your boss down at work. I'm not talking about me. But the principle applies. He just watched him struggle. I'm not getting anywhere with this. He's watching his leader struggle. He's not helping, and he's watching the company, the kingdom, the church, whatever, be torn apart. And Solomon stood by the front gate and knew this whole thing was going on and just watched. Oh, by the way, he got killed later on. He didn't inherit the kingdom. He didn't win everybody over. Lord knows he tried, right? These are the people that go around and go like this. I love the preacher. Don't get me wrong, okay? I just want to start by saying I love the preacher. What are you doing after church? You want to go out and eat? And you go like this. Yeah, why not? They've never asked you before. Well, it's about time we made a new friend. Then you don't have enough character to say, I'll pay for my own, I'm leaving. So Absalom's doing all this. The problem is most do not have the character to understand and help the boss where you work. So you pull him down instead of lift him up. This is what this is what Bidenomics and all these liberal dope-smoking drunkards are teaching out of Congress. Well, here's what we need to do. That guy making all that money, we need to pull him down to where everybody else lives. 
How about this? Let's lift him up and maybe he'll start another company and more people will be employed. We don't like that idea. Why does he need to make millions of dollars? Because it's his business. If it was your business, you wouldn't complain about it. So you know something? I made a million dollars. I think I'll just give it all away and share with everybody. You wouldn't do that. They don't do that. Besides that, how are they going to build another business if they give it all away? Where you work right now, somebody used their money, their ability, their talent over decades of time so you could have a job. Then you get the job and all you do is talk about the person. They're ripping people off. You have a job. So you pull them down. Do we not realize if those over us move up and we're the kind of worker we're supposed to be that we are going to get pulled up with them? Is that a new concept to you? That if they like me because I'm a good worker, I show up on time, I do everything I'm supposed to do, if I help lift them up? Or you sit and watch your church just dwindle and dwindle and dwindle and then blame the preacher. Did you help push up? Then don't ever complain. Because that's part of the character we need to learn. So, here's your outline. Get up. Probably I'll start there, right? Show up. If you're going to get up, might as well show up, right? On time. How do you do that? You plan and you organize your life. Don't plan on being on time. Plan on being on early and say, that's. I, I show up at 7 every morning. That's the time I have to be at church. So when somebody, you don't need to be there that early. No, that's my time I have to be at church. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just telling you this is the reason that you're late a lot, you didn't plan, and you didn't schedule. When you did schedule, you said, I'm 30 minutes away. I can, I can be there in 35 minutes. So what happens here is that get up, show up, hurry up, shut up. I like that one right there. Grow up, push up. Number seven. The the results will be you'll move up. Everything in our workforce now says a good, hard worker that doesn't complain. Well, I worked at Rockwell. It come time for our our, um, review. You should have heard all of these college, snobby, I know it all, they need me people trying to tell me how I had to push myself and make the company know you can't do this without me. You need me. I said, I can't do that. Bell, I'm just telling you, you're not going to get much of a raise if you don't push yourself and show them they need you. And you bought into that. I didn't. So sure enough, my second year there, review time come up. When I walked out of my review, I didn't want to talk to anybody because I knew the jealousy and the strife that was among worldly people. I got 2% raise. I got 4%. And they're all around just, you know, patting each other on the back and getting real giggly. And then I walked out. Bell, how much you get? Oh, I just, I, I did okay. No, 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 it's okay. What'd you get? I said, oh, you know, I, I did. I, it surprised me. I, 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 got, I got a raise. How much? 6%. No, they didn't applaud for me. They didn't pat me on the back. They were livid angry. But you know what my boss said? I noticed all the hours you put in, the hard work you put in, how you stay at it until the job is done. I wasn't in college. First time I ever saw an aircraft 
design or blueprint my life was when I started there. I never knew it. And what they call tools, you'd never call a tool. Totally different outfit altogether. So you have to understand when you show up on time and you work hard, you learn what you're supposed to the way they want you to. Well, I have a better idea. Then go build your own church. Start a McDonald's. Have your own place. You don't have the character to do that. But you have the wrong character to complain about other people. So you really do need to learn how to push up and shut up. If you do that, turn to Proverbs and we're done. Proverbs chapter number 12. Proverbs chapter number 12. And verse 24. The hand of the diligent. Now we talked about that. Shall bear rule. I had a, a boss that worked at Rockwell that never went to college. Trouble is, he'd been in the aircraft industry for like 35 years. I mean, way back, I think he knew the Wright brothers. I'm not sure. <laughs> he knew everything. He did, but he didn't have any credentials. And we were working late one night, and he said, uh, he, he just talked to me. He said, you know what bothers me? He said, the vice president and sometimes even the president of the company will come here and ask me to look at something and give my advice. But I'm not allowed to sit at the table when they're all talking because I do not have a degree. But they knew when things got tough, he stayed at it, he learned. A degree is not going to make you. They all thought they were hot shots sitting around the table and, and, and inspiring one another and bragging on one another till you got stuck. And then you, it reminds me of you. One of the first things he said, Preach, I don't have a degree and I don't have it. I'm not sure if I can do this. You're a hard worker. You have, you, have, you have character. You don't quit. You stay at it. And when other people said, here, better job, better job, he said, oh, no, I think I'll stay here. It wasn't the following year. They gave him an office and told him, we want you to go to school. We'll pay for it. Stay at it. Work hard. Don't quit. Show up like you're supposed to. Be honest about it. Quit complaining about everything. When you are, 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 when you are, oh, busy. When you are busy pushing up and lifting up your employer, the company will grow. If well, I know one thing. If nobody does that, it's not going to grow. The employer would be foolish to dismiss anybody with these seven characteristics. He might as well shoot himself in the foot. There's a lot to be said just about hard work and showing up on time doing what you're told, and quit complaining. It's not really that tough. You know what you call that? You say, I, I'm just not that way. You need to learn it. It's called character. Murmuring, complaining is a sin in the Bible. It's a sin. God punished the Israel, probably more for that than anything else. I don't understand how Moses took it. One time he said every man stood in the door of his tent and complained. You know what, two to three million people I hear one or two of you doing this. I just want to shoot me, you, shoot somebody. I mean, it's just heart-wrenching to hear people after all the work you put in to complain about. You know, those doors aren't wide enough, and I think somebody needs to. Really? How many buildings have you ever built? It's just irritating. I can't imagine Moses. He's got to figure out, okay, all these people need to go to the bathroom. What are we going to do? But God told him. And I'll guarantee you somebody had a better idea. We all do. They don't want to lead because they don't want to actually look at people and go, you're not doing it. Everybody has great ideas until it comes to telling somebody, no. 
Preacher, can you talk to him? Yep, send him in. I'll talk to him. I don't like it any more than you do. But I had to learn the character. This is what is proper. 